you got into SEO, um, probably at the emergence of not hacking stages of SEO, but more of like content and maybe like technical SEO becoming a real big thing, right? Yeah. So were you always great at technical SEO or? Definitely not. No. So I was, I really started more on the, the content side of things. Um, really started, you know, but my first role was, it was a lot of, you know, tr what we consider traditional SEO, like figuring out the right keyword for a page, adding, like adding that keyword a certain number of times, um, making some suggestions to make the content better or, you know, new content opportunities. Um, there's a lot of like really, you know, more straightforward, like content optimizations. Um, when I moved to go fish digital, um, started, was asked to do a little bit more of like the tech, technical SEO. We really have more, you know, we just really have more clients with like bigger technical needs. Like I had really never to that point until 2016 worked on a site that was, you know, 10,000 pages or bigger. Right. And I didn't understand the implications of a poor, like a, how, what the implications of a, a poorly architected site might have. Um, so I was kind of forced to kind of work with a lot more like, t like technical sites and sites where like technical knowledge was required. So that was a skill I definitely had to like build up over time. Any tips or, or, or strategies for people who are not really technically SEO savvy to probably get closer to that area? Yeah, so one of the things I think really helped me was one one is just force yourself to be and like get that experience. Like even if you don't have a client or work with a site day to day that's super technical, it's really like just start getting comfortable, right? If you you know, take take a large site and crawl, you know, take a 10,000, 100,000 page site and do a screaming frog crawl and see, hey, well, like what issues come up? Like pretend like you were giving advice to that client, right? Like analyze, like the like if it's do a lot of work, analyze a lot of e-commerce sites, right? And see, okay, like what are they doing with their canonical tags? How do they handle their fast navigation? Even if you don't understand like 90% of it, like I didn't when I started, like it's still helps you just get that experience. Then when you run into that problem again or in the future, it just becomes a little less intense. Um, one of the best tips I have is like, um, is reading, like how, how one of the ways I really learned was reading an article by Mike King. Have, have you heard of the technical SEO Renaissance? Um, yeah. It was one of the, that article kind of, he posted that in like October, 2016, like right when I was starting out and it was really, really pivotal for me. Like it just taught me a ton about technical SEO, like critical rendering path, the DOM versus view source, um, like why you need to use inspect element over like looking at the raw HTML. Um, really, he was looking then like forward into like the future of H uh, SEO and like how HTTP2 was gonna be big. Um, and really what I did is I just read that article like over and over and over again until I like started, like the first time I read it, I think I probably understood, you know, 20% of it. And then the second time, 25, and I started getting more and more familiar with it as I read it. So um, really picking, maybe if it's not that article, picking an article that you find valuable that you maybe don't understand and just keep coming back to it. Like keep reading, keep learning, like you like, I think it's critical. Like one of the, our board members, Dan Hinckley, gave me the, some really great advice where it's like, you know, even if, like, don't be intimidated, even if you don't think you understand it, like you're still learning, like you'll, you'll just learn a little bit more each time you do things. Um, so I think that's a big part of technical SEO, right? Is um, just forcing yourself to be uncomfortable. Um, and like one of the things with technical SEO is you don't need to know, like you don't need to know exactly, like if you're working with JavaScript, you don't need to know exactly like, Every, every single time, like what the JavaScript is like doing necessarily, you need to understand what its impact on SEO is. You'd be able to see, hey, this is a problem. And hey, how is Google actually able to like crawl and index this content? You need to be able to figure out how is 
one, it's a problem, and two, how is Google handling it? Um, I think another way is just like really learning like basic web technology. There was a lot of like Mike's article was about like basic web tech, right? Where it's like, hey, like you can't use view source because the view source isn't like actually representative of a fully loaded web page, right? So then when you understand that, hey, this is just the initial set of instructions a web page has, then the fully rendered DOM is more of a living, breathing thing. That's when everything is executed. Right. Have your then you'll start to learn, okay, hey, if something's absent in view store, when you look at the raw HTML, that means JavaScript is, or CSS or something is required in order to execute that content. So then you start needing to start troubleshooting for technical SEO issues. I remember when Google first kind of hinted that they are going to look at how the web page renders. Everybody's like, what do you mean? Don't you just look at the source code? And Google only looked at the source code in the old days. And I remember like Gary and John and a bunch of Googlers are like, again, it's important to look at how your page renders, not just to users, but also to Googlebot and use our new Google Search Console, Webmaster Tools, rendering tool to see how it looks. Um, and those all became very important, but SEOs are kind of stuck in the old days, like you use CSS positioning to position text higher on the page because Google won't see it if it's really at the bottom, but now Google sees it. It was just, it was just funny how things have changed. Like the fundamentals of SEO don't change. Like if you were tricking Google in the old days, say, this content that was hidden over here in a little corner was really really here in the source mm -hmm. code, but people don't see it because it's hidden. All that stuff is like out the window. Mm -hmm. It's like if you did SEO the right way, you did website development the right way, from the beginning, you wouldn't have to worry about those tricks. Mm -hmm. um, and it's amazing how far Google has come in terms of rendering, rendering JavaScript especially, and these, mm -hmm. all these, these platforms and these frameworks. It's just been really, really interesting to see that. And it requires a different type of technical SEO than you were in the back in the old days. Technical SEO in the old days were like, how can I hack this to go ahead and make sure Google consumes as much of the content as possible, mm -hmm. even if the user doesn't see it. Mm -hmm. Now it's more like, I'm not sure if the search engine can see it. How do I confirm that a search engine can see it? How can I make sure that Google and the search engine can actually see more of it? Um, and that is a whole new level. It's really developers not hacking, but actually programming correctly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's and you know, once again, in Mike's article, he kind of saw into the future. He talked about like the future of like JavaScript frameworks, right? And we're, we're starting to see that, right? Like, and that's, that's impacting how certain sites like need to really architect their oh, content. Like Netflix is a great example, right? Like a single page application. Um, if you just crawled that site normally, it, it might not work with just Screaming Frog, but we could like, you can actually see that if you, um, view the Netflix website as Googlebot, the layout changes a little bit and, and links that didn't exist, don't exist in your browser actually show up for Googlebot. So they're using dynamic rendering, right? And that's actually basically like what cloaking is, that cloaking is today, where you're serving two different things to Google versus users, right. but it's, but it's acceptable now, right? And that, in that instance, so a lot of it's more you know, developers are wanting to adopt these new shiny, sexy technologies and SEOs need to like learn how to work with them, right? And say, hey, how do you make this as friendly as possible? Because um, it's expensive for Google yeah. to crawl that content. It's, it's hard for me knowing technical, technical SEO, not probably as well as most people, but just to even look at my own website, it's so old and the, the structure is so dated. And I know I need to revamp it. And it just, it's sometimes hard for technical SEO to look at websites, even their own websites, because you know it's like, there's so much more you could do with it and make it better, especially for old websites. Like mine is 20 years old and I really need to rebuild it. I just, I'm so busy with client work. So <laughs> anyway, um, and then one of the last topics you wanted to discuss was this offense versus defense in terms of SEO. 
curious on that topic. What do you have to say about that? Sure, yeah. So I think, um, you know, I think there's a tendency in SEO to be more defensive-minded, right? With a, with a lot of SEOs that I encounter, where it's like, okay, this algorithm update happened, we're going to react to it, and now we're going to form our strategy based off it, or, hey, this, this client saw a... Um, search console issue right like they're forwarding it to us about like you know maybe some maybe some structured data opportunities and now you know that gets enfolded into our strategy and really like and with i think with all the information all the articles and especially all the tools not that they're inherently bad it's, it's good to have a lot of data but with this over influx of data that we now have from using three different tools and all the different things we know it's like it can create more defensive mindsets right where it's like we become reactive instead of like set instead of like being proactive about our seo strategies right so like my big thing is like you know i don't like solving a single like you're probably not going to have move a, the needle a ton if you're just sitting in search console solving like individual tiny errors all day right like that is a defensive mindset instead SEOs need to be like more proactive and like offensively minded in terms of how they think, right? Like what are like looking at a site, like what are new market opportunities that we could go into as like an offensive strategy, right? Um, what are like, what are tests that we could run? Hey, we're an e-commerce page. We think we've kind of hit a ceiling in terms of like what our current category pages are doing. What tests could we run to the current category pages to improve them? Can we add images? Can we add new faceted items to make it easier for the users? Can we test? adding more products on our category pages. What impact does that have on the search, like on the rankings, right? Like figuring out hypothesizing tests is much more offensive than just kind of like, okay, we're being defensive. We're going to go through like our standard best practices list, check, check, check. Now what, right? Like figuring out ways to kind of like innovate and break new grounds, I think is like, it's a huge opportunity for a lot of SEOs. Um, right, you're but, right. I mean, you're right. I mean, I mean, there could be big wins in fixing issues, but... Most of the time, for most sites these days, not all, but most that are that have SEO teams already, you know, being reactive is a lot slower, and the wins there are much slower than being proactive with the stuff. Like the SEO thing is like, you know, where's skate to the puck? You know, skate mm -hmm. where the puck's going to be. Right. And if you're thinking about the future and making those changes now, where things will happen in the future, you'll have much bigger wins in the future with that. And I definitely think that's what set. Well, that's what sets apart. Great SEO from just a good SEO. I, I agree, right? Where it's like it's like people you now. If you get impacted with an algorithm update, right? Like sometimes I've I've seen that be able to like upend entire SEO strategies. But really, you know, in my mind, if your like if your strategy is set off a sound premise where hey, we're improving the quality of content, we're improving like the expertise signals we're sending to Google, we're getting rid of old content. Like I'm not saying don't react to an algorithm update. Like maybe there's changes that you need to make, but like. If, if you're coming at it with a sound mindset, right, then you shouldn't need to be as reactive to those things. Um, it was funny, somebody asked me on Twitter this morning, I'm making qu content quality changes, improving my content. I know the March core update just went out. Should I stop and wait for that to finish? I'm like, no, always continue to improve. Don't right. stop because of this. It's, I mean, one is because of timing, but two is like, you should always look to improve. Why not? I mean. Exactly. And sometimes people are like, 
some, let's say you were ranking really well and then after the algorithm update, you weren't. Like sometimes it's not always, we can be egocentric just as people. It's not always what you're doing badly. It's what someone else is doing well, exactly. right? So that, an offensive mindset might be, okay, I'm gonna look at, take a look at competitive, like, I'm gonna take a proactive look at competitors. What tests have they been running? How are they changing their content? You can use the Wayback Machine, right? Like, okay, how has this page changed right. from 2023 since 2020? What are all the updates they're making? Um, that's like a proactive mindset. Um, as well, whether you're whether you're agency or in-house, like if you believe in something, I, th I think a proactive mindset is instead of just sending it once since you know it doesn't get approved or bought in, is like doubling down on it, right? Like so, if you have, if you firmly believe that like this change is going to improve our crawl efficiency, like our adding these internal links is going to help Google better discover our content, like try to get data behind that, like. You know, we can get, I remember one time it's like a client was pushing back on like a secondary navigation we wanted to add. We were able to show them with Screaming Frog. It's like, hey, when we take a look at, when we try to measure link equity distribution, like your, your competitor is much more efficient at doing this. And here's a visual of your site versus their site, right? Like trying to take that like proactive mindset as opposed to kind of shrugging your shoulders and saying, well, you know, I, I've said this, no one buys in really trying to figure out, okay, how can I get data behind that? How can I position this in the right way? I think it's also like a proactive mindset as opposed to um, just kind of being reactive to the situation. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and I think a tip is for a lot of SEOs watching is you're in doing this day in day in, in AI. You're doing every, your whole entire day of browser SEO and SEO strategy and SEO, you know, tech, technical little changes. And sometimes being in the weeds, you just need to kind of step back and look at the bigger picture. Yeah. And that's where you'll see these more proactive you know, more offensive things that you could do if you could kind of like step to me, maybe say one day, one hour a day, or maybe one day a week, I'll go ahead and like look at the bigger picture. What can I do that is not a daily activity of just improving title tags or content, but a long-term strategy that I could take to go ahead and make the big wins. And I think sometimes you need to pull yourself out of that day-to-day, -day, like you said, reactive and like actionable stuff that you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis and kind of like step back and say, what do I need to do in a bigger picture? Right, exactly. Or it's like, or you find a big item, you know, you're, maybe you're in-house, you find like a really big item, right, that you want to address with your team. Um, you know, maybe yeah. instead of, you know, maybe instead of the rest of your week being dedicated to like only additional like SEO tasks, maybe your new SEO task becomes finding a way to get buy-in for that. Like, how do I, how do I like get more data behind this before I present? How do I visualize this? How do I ensure I report to key stakeholders in the right way? It's not directly SEO, but if like that's your goal, like right. at the end of the day, you, you need to be able to, your ideas are only at some level as, as much as the buy-in that you're able to get from them. For sure. All right, cool. Um, I appreciate you doing this and sitting with me. Um, how could people learn more about you and follow you and so forth? Sure. So you can follow me. Um, I post, like I mentioned, I post a lot on LinkedIn. I post about five times a week. So I'm Chris Long on LinkedIn, URL Chris-Long-Marketing, um, as well as I'm on Twitter at GoFishChris. Um, and as well, I also run a newsletter for GoFish Digital called The Splash. Um, so you can find that at gofishdigital.com slash newsletter. Cool. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Right. Thanks, Barry. Mm -hmm.